Welcome to Talking in Stations. It is June 16th. I am Matterall here to talk about EVE Online with Ashtarothi. Greetings, fellow Empyreans. I am Ashtarothi, and I am so excited to be here to talk about everything that's going on. That's right. Galente, Federation Day. We'll get all into that in just a minute. Also with us is Rich. How you doing, Rich? Good afternoon. Good evening. Events stir in EVE Online as per usual, and hopefully we cover it tonight. All right, I can't take it anymore. What's the background that you have on today? Oh, it's from a classical, classical um, Eastern motion picture. Huh. Okay, I won't push you on it. <laughs> All right, so we have a lot to cover today. Uh, some changes with Black Ops, and uh, then you have a little bit of action in the Delve War Zone. Some structures, and actually a lot of structures in Poxman going down to their own owners. We'll cover that a little bit. We'll also get you an interview with those guys a little bit later tomorrow. Uh, and then we also want to talk about a new dev blog that came out from CCP having to do with animation and how some of the characters are being animated. So we'll get into all that, plus Galente's Federation Day uh, right now. Yeah, right. and I think, that, I think that the Federation Day propaganda contest is probably a good thing to get with first because that way people have as much as many people find out about it as possible because this is not that big of a long of a thing. Let's do it. Awesome. So there is a Federation Day propaganda contest. Right now we are this so each empire has a, their own date of founding and they celebrate it just like the fourth of July for Americans or whatever. Um in this case it is Federation Day, I think on the twentieth. So this entire weekend or uh, this week, rather, is Federation Day. There are events. There are ways to earn uh, SP by doing fireworks. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But there is also a propaganda contest that is ongoing. Uh, you can post all kinds of different uh, types of stuff. The exact rules of what is available um, are in the dev blog, but it needs to celebrate the Galente Federation, uh, can commemorate a significant event in Galente history or recognize a notable Galente citizen, something about the Galente. Um, it can be GIF, video, song, screenshot, posters, whatever you want. The top winner is getting a any choice of their Galente, of any Galente ship model from mixed dimension. That is the physical three-dimensional real 50 to 150 whatever dollar physical statues of various different things like the Tristan, the Talos, and the Megatron are all available. That is the first place, along with uh, a new set of the Federation Commander's dress jacket and pants. These things look slick as hell, and a Kronos Kali Neon skin, which is a, a, a very is a premium skin for a very powerful one of the top subcap ships for the Galente. Second place gets a one thousand one hundred Plex and the Commander's dress jacket and pants, and an Ishtar Kali Neon skin. Uh, Eleven hundred Plex is, of course, more than two months of game time. And for third place, you get 500 Plex, which is one month of game time, and the, the dress jacket and pants, along with the Hakate Kali Neon skin. So really cool prizes. And also, this is just the first of the different uh, Empire celebrations. So if Galente is not your thing, Liberation Day is coming up soon. <laughs> Actually, you have one of those Tristans. Should I go get it? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, while you do that, I'll say, okay. uh, in order to enter... All you have to do is share it on uh, Twitter with the hashtag TweetFleet and hashtag Federation Day, or uh, you can put it as a comment on the official post on the EVE Online Facebook page if you're just not a Twitter dude. Um, 
And then you can submit multiple entries, but each one of them uh, is submitted as its own separate post. So if you want to put in like five different things, you know, maybe one of them will be the one that they pick, maybe not. Um, and then if it's, make sure it's, make sure it's, you know, suitable. And the contest starts now and the cutoff for submissions is Sunday, the 27th of June. So not this Sunday, but next Sunday. So you have about a week and a half total to go over it. And then uh, the final piece to this is this Sunday at 1600, CCP will be doing like a Galente Federation Day live stream on uh, on CCP TV, the Twitch, uh, CCP's Twitch channel. And I will be there with them to discuss the Galente Federation and uh, its history and all this cool stuff. So really exciting. Uh, but that's just the tip, just the tip of the Federation Day iceberg, mm. as it were. Well, here is the uh, Tristan. Let's see if you can see it. So this is my hand. You can see there's a little one. And then, uh, oh, yeah. And there's actually a bigger version of it. So you see it's a little bit heavier. Uh, again, there's the size of my hand. Yeah, there's like a three inch and a five inch and a one other one, I think. Yeah, I think this might be the five inch. But uh, pretty cool. Yeah, so I, some, for some reason I got those in the mail from E Vegas and I don't remember how. <laughs> but Maybe you won the, uh, the one of the, there's a raffle or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it might have been it. I will say that for some of the more complicated ones, like the Astero has like, you know, arms and stuff that looks like they could be breakable. From my mm -hmm. understanding, those are magnets. So like if you drop it, they'll it'll like fall apart, but you can just put it back together and it won't break for good, which is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Smart. And the Tristan is a very lovely ship. I've been killing people left and right with it. Well, I think as for the 3D models go, the Galente ships look rather squat, especially the Dominics and the Brutix. So uh, if you got one of those, I don't think dropping it should be a big concern. No, no, you might you might risk damaging the thing you drop it on if you drop a Brutic statue. Yeah. Uh, the A long time ago, the 3D models that they had were the Megatron and the Rifter. I think that was just it. No, was it Hurricane 2? No, I think uh, it was just the Rifter. I have, I have, actually. Oh, okay, you're going to pull that out. Well, one of my friends actually had the uh, Megatron on his desk at work. He worked at Blizzard. <laughs> so he had a giant Megatron sitting uh, at this... Uh, I think he was like, he's no longer there, but he's the vice president of, um, what is that thing that uh, you use to play WoW games? Hmm, whatever that was. Battle.net? Yeah, Battle.net. There you go. Dang, yeah. that looks awesome. This is the original APOC model. Yeah. Covered in dust. And uh, <laughs> yeah. this is the, uh, the Rifter USB hub that came with the, uh, the collector's edition. That's right, the USB, right. That was that was nice looking, and then the Megatron was sizable too. It's about the size of that. Uh, um, what do they call the uh, Apocalypse? The banana, the banana boat. I thought that was yeah. the Oracle. No, before Oracle ever existed, uh, I think the Apocalypse was called the the banana. That sounds that sounds correct. Yeah, yellow. Okay. I'm afraid I don't have any figure e figurines or spaceships to show off. All I have this is this prized rock rock stone I was given by my <laughs> uncle. It's from uh, Taishan in China. That is awesome. Is it like a pet rock? I love that. I'm, I don't think so. But uh. it sits on my desk. Is it like a Suddenly. Mr. Potato Head? You put hair on it? Or? Uh. No, I dare not desecrate it. <laughs> it, is, uh, it suddenly has become, uh, what is it, uh, show and tell in stations? <laughs> yeah, Riso says that's the new Vexer model, and he's right. <laughs> it does look like a, 
a rock. All right. Thanks, Ashrathi, for taking us through that. Yeah. All right. So that's Federation propaganda contest. Get in on that. Get yourself some prizes. Um, yeah. As far as the Federation Day as a whole, um, there is a login uh, track, which I will pull up, which you might not be able to see because my, my face is in the way. But um, so on day one, you would get fireworks and 5,000 skill points if you're an Omega. On day two, you get uh, even alphas will get this expert system that allows everyone to use, uh, I believe, frigates and destroyers to a pretty good level when it comes to Galente ships, just to be able to experiment with them. Uh, and player uh, Omegas get these new pants, which from what I've heard, people are really uh, digging the pants. Let me see if I can figure out. Nope, I can't pull them up right now. Anyway, uh, day three, we would get the Alestra shuttle skin and some agency boosters. Day four, uh, the Iteron Mark V, so the hauler, Alestria skin, and the jacket, which is also pretty pimp. And then finally, on the last day, you get 10,000 skill points or 20,000 skill points, depending on if you're Omega or Alpha. So just a pretty simple login reward for this weekend. But in addition to that, you can also go and shoot fireworks every day. Uh, there will be a target. So like, for instance, in my case, I need to go after the FNS Terranos in Lursatun and hit that with firework. And I would get 10,000, sorry, 5,000 skill points for doing that. So every day you'll be get sent to one of the random uh, parade positions in one of the key Galente systems. And uh, if you fire firework on it, you get 5,000 skill points. In addition to that, there is a new Abyssal PvP arena this weekend, whose mm -hmm. information I alluded to me at the moment. 2v2v2, I think, right? With Galente ships. And, uh, and then in addition to that, if you liked the Resource Wars, the return of Resource Wars, uh, that just happened with the Stargate event, throughout all of Galente space, you get, uh, there, there are, uh, in Galente Highsec, there is the new resource, there's the Resource Wars are spawning again, so you can go run them and make your, get your mining blitz on. Uh, and, Everywhere in Galente space, including Losec, there is a two AU warp bonus, which has been super handy for those of us who have been, you know, darting between plexes. Wild. All right. Well, thanks. So that's the uh, Galente. Some of the events that are coming up today. We wanted to talk to you about some of the, the real world experiences you've been having with Galente. Can we save that for a few minutes from now? Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. We can get back to that in a few minutes. All right. Cool. So we'll start with Galente. We'll end with Galente. We got some news to cover in between. And uh, let's start with the Delve War Zone. Imperium Suicide Nix is killed by his own guys, preventing him from basically moving to the other side and getting killed by the enemy, therefore appearing on their um, kill board. So they basically killed them, killed him themselves. I think yeah. it was Sisir. Yeah, so... so so this guy was a member of uh, of a corporation, and he like was has apparently been relatively angry or upset, frustrated, dissatisfied, whatever you want to call it. And so he opted to undock and warp his Nix, right? Nix, yeah, to the gate uh, with the intent of just jumping through, if possible, and defecting to Pappy, and made this intention well known to all the people that were guarding the bubble. And so. Uh, once apparently it was cleared that this guy is for real and not like someone's eight-year-old kid that has taken the controls and being like, Meh! they uh, they executed him. Yeah. What, what do you think, Rich? I've got mixed feelings on this. The whole Silk Road, the safe conduct pass, has been well quite extensively discussed. It's 
so far seems legit. Uh, some people have, quite a few people have reported getting their stuff through. This, it's just bizarre. Most people aren't swearing and doing homophobic comments as they're trying to do it. Oh, is that what was going on? They said something about local being pretty ugly. Yeah, it was like the guy got really nasty from my understanding. Yeah. I, I don't know what he was trying to do. I guess he wanted to lose it. If he really wanted to defect with it, then he probably would have gone, did it a lot more quietly. And no, he seemed not, pretty tilted. And not walked into a gate of bubbles with your own friends on it, signaling you, signaling your intent. Well, it just seems like if he wanted to succeed, there was a better way to do it than to uh, make a big deal out of it. No, yeah, I, I don't think it was, I don't think his intent was to succeed. I think his intent was to make a big deal about it. Yeah, and here we are helping him out. Okay, there you go. Mm, well, we'll put him on the history books and just another I mean, name. All right, it's a thing that happened. It happened. Okay, let's move on to uh, this. Is important for Black Ops, as you know. There's a new change being proposed. It's on the test center, and they've made some adjustments. Rich, what did they do? They changed the amount of ships that you can jump with the Black Ops ship. So you're not staying behind for this one. You have to jump with the entire fleet. The group jump. Uh, the previously, we didn't know the, quite the numbers at the time. I discussed it with uh, people like Morglum and uh, Possible Watts. Morglum is a uh, blobs user and Possible uh, hosts bomb, uh, bomb fleets. At the time, we did not know the exact numbers, but later they were revealed to be 10. 10 was a bit of a lackluster number, apparently. So now it's been increased by threefold. You can now jump the Black Ops ship with 30 other people. That's huge. 30 is an entire fleet to me. 30 is massive. So now you can... Yeah. Ju- uh, well, you well, can jump bombers. all sorts of things with this 30. 30 bombers, or as I prefer... Some legions, some Lokis, some T3s, uh, maybe some Force Recons while you're at it. 30 bombers per Black Ops. You could yeah, actually Black have Ops. multiple Black Ops bridging into this. This isn't like bushing where you're having to coordinate like all these guys in three-dimensional space. You could have two different Black Ops that are like in the same system, but nowhere even on the same grid with each other, that both bridge into the same Covert Ops Sino and bring 60 guys in if you wanted to. Correct. However, if you only have one Black Ops ship and you want to do even more, you're going to have to stick to the old methods of using fuel and then the bridge and cargo expanded blopses, Black Ops ships for optimum use. However, if you're going to have a certain ratio, yes, you can do that now and you can jump it all the way. And technically, the fuel there's a flat fuel cost. So if you Jump 30 in a group jump, it, the fuel cost should be a lot better. But if you just jump one or two, eh, That means you pay the same price either way? Some fuel. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we mentioned this when you guys were talking about this before, but also as part of the changes, it was noted that the Black Ops also had their lock range increased. Hmm, is that oh, a new yeah. adjustment? Yeah, like they, they talked about the, the increase in damage. But uh, the other thing that also happened was the the lock range of all of these ships were increased by 10 to 20 kilometers. Oh, that's handy. Um, you know, Ash, you weren't here when we were talking about Black Ops. We had some experts come on Friday. Rich talked to them. And uh, awesome. do you have any any thoughts on it since you deal with exploration? Uh, I, I honestly haven't done that much involving Black Ops. I know that, uh, like, I really wonder whether or not they're going to push Black Ops in that assassination role. What about Covert um, Ops, though? Oh yeah, the covert ops one I'm pretty excited about. The the one thing I will say about the covert ops change that makes me grumpy, especially as a you know guy who pilots a lot of Galente, is I feel like it's like all of the covert ops got like a new thing to play with, except for the Helios who got 
what he needed to be functional to like <laughs> be okay with the with the with the other changes. So like everybody else already had three high slots. Helios didn't. Now now he got it, but everybody else gets a low slot for it. So I don't know yeah. how I feel about that exactly, but the Helios is really good. Oh. So that's fine. All, all the other covert ops get to slide down the slide, but he has to like climb down the ladder. I mean, I would have liked another low slot too, but you know, whatever. Whatever. Uh, at least he's functional now. All right. So those are black ops changes. If there's nothing else, we'll go on to uh, one last piece of news here, which is we heard this last night. It was a big deal. Oh, we got advance notice that it was going to happen. And this is the yeah. letter from Poshvin uh, inhabitants, Strybog, who have decided they don't want to do this timer game thing where they have to defend their structures. So they're going to invite the public to help them blow up all their own structures. What do you think of that? The, my, I had a tweet for that, which was the glorification of Kybernauts necessitates the mortification of augmented foreign Narodnia holdings in the domain of Poshvin. Yeah, no, this is... On the one hand, I see it as an inevitability. Poshman was always, sorry, Poshman was designed with NPC structures in mind and, and player structures were an exception. That's why players couldn't anchor them all. The idea was that one day there would be no structures in Poshman um, and they just wanted, they were giving us the opportunity to get there. Um, the design for it is really like to favor people who are able to live in structures and so the, or station in the NPC stations. So the structures kind of undermines that. But at the same time, like these guys have fought tooth and nail for these fucking things for like, sorry, uh, for these like for like six months and, or more since Postman has been created and and really tooth and nail for the last month since the uh, the Postman changes that basically opened up Postman for for attack, more or less. Mm. Uh, and if you, you combine that with the fact that there is no structures, including player structures in several of the in two of the three home systems. It really feels like uh, the Triglavians are kind of on a back foot at the moment, but uh, they they did attempt to defend and defended over and over and over again from invading forces until finally, I believe their last Asbel was was felled, what, two days ago? Yes. And the problem is, is that fight. this has been so, so stressful to them that they're like burned out, like people are quitting and not wanting to be part of this anymore. And so to that end, the Triangles have decided, burn it all. If you have any anything in any player structures in Poshman, get it out now. It is all, all burning. Maybe. Asterisk. Well, they don't own all the structures though in Poshman, do they? Well, it's, it's ITC, uh, uh, Strybog and, uh, Kybernauts have all agreed to this. So oh, there aren't that okay. many people that have structures outside of those three groups. And then those three groups are probably going to burn them. But that does bring us to a really interesting point, mm -hmm. which is that there's, uh, one of the main FCs for the Dreadnought fleets, uh, Jess, I think it is, defected from Strybog about a month ago and made their own organization. Um, and that group is actually attempting to prevent the destructions of the structures. So now there's a group of people that are trying to stop the pro-Triglavians from destroying their own structures. It's getting <laughs> mental. Yeah, so uh, Flea here, Flea Harvey Oswald, okay, uh, says in our chat uh, about 10 structures are not owned by those groups. So there you go. Yeah. If they're successful, there will be 10 left and then those will probably be attacked and destroyed. Probably. Imagine that any, I mean like these are some of the most dedicated people living in Poshvin and they've been unable to hold the structure on a long enough time. I think those structures are going to burn pretty mm. soon one way or another. Yeah. And aren't they inviting the public to come yep. help with the timers? 
And these things are going to, because it's Poshman space, they're going to loot drop. Yes. Yes. When they blow up, it, uh, everything that was inside that would have been gone into asset safety instead will spawn somewhere within a 300 kilometer sphere, diameter sphere around where the structure blows up. So uh, even if you're not going to be there to blow it up, it might be a good time to be there to steal some shit. Uh, well, we've, we've seen some things being dropped, including a large blueprint of original stash, including stashes of uh, originals for carriers, super carriers, and several titans. And now they've been collected by somebody, and they're now up in the market floating somewhere, or might be, depending on what happens next. Yeah, so it says here, many of us are evacuating our goods out of... Tranquility Trade Tower tonight. Triangle and... Triangle Trade Tower. They have their own TTT. Oh, well, look at that. Oh. I was wondering how that worked out. In uh, Wirashoda, which is where that last Asbel went down just a few days ago, one of uh, one of the great fights. Ash, did you see or hear about that fight? I mean, I, I heard a lot about it for sure. I've been yeah. busy, you know, plexing. But uh, no, it is. I, and I just think it's awesome because... Like it's the, to me, it's the potential that I've always seen in Poshven, you know, the idea of no capitals, you know, battleship meta, you know, this, this interesting mix of like all of the mechanics pushed to its level, but not allowing ca uh, capitals and super capitals to just completely oppress it. And you know what, from everything I've heard, people freaking loved it. So I only yeah. hope that this is seen as like the beginning of something, not the end of something. Right. Well, it was a classic fight that Asbel went down after after a really a brutal brawl between two groups, and the Poshvin guys actually won that fight. And RC backed off and said, "Yep, uh, they saved it. We can't do this." And then Edencom comes like, I I describe it as like running, you know, tackling the general of the army and flying off the cliff. They just suicided into it and got the objective done. It was fantastic. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a good fight all around, but I think that after that fight, I think they basically looked at all the timers and said, yeah, we don't really want to do this anymore. So we'll talk to them, find out their side of the story, what they plan to do next. But to say they're going to live in Poshvin, just in NPC stations. And again, that was always the intent of Poshvin. Like it is designed to reward people that have Triglavian standings by allowing them to use the NPC stations and the NPC facilities. Um, and, and structures were always like, even the structures that already existed was a concession. So technically speaking, when this is over, we're going to finally see the real Poshvin in a way that we've never seen before. I really, really hope that CCP, uh, ups the bonuses within the stations within Poshvin. Cause the only reason why they've been using these structures is because structures give you better benefits than NPC stations. But with these Triglavian station, NPC stations being the only thing that you can use, and requiring standing, sometimes high standings, to be able to use their services, you would think that they would then give the industry bonuses, refining bonuses, and perhaps even the clone bay benefits that a structure would. Um, I'd really like to see CCP iterate on that and perhaps definitely build up some holdings inside of the home systems, because if the home systems are designed to be the place for like Kyronauts to retreat back into, they need to have holdings there to, to live in. They don't have anything. Kino right now is the only uh, home system that has any stations. So that's a pretty big problem that they should fix pretty quickly. Mm. I wonder what would be the fate of fraternity-owned Freeport there. I'm a little sad to see that they're going to be bringing everything, all these structures down with them following the changes. And I hope to speak to them tomorrow about it. Uh, on the subject of Poshvin, though, mm. on Saturday at 2300, uh, 
we will be celebrating Chappie's birthday. It'll be, uh, you know, his birthday is on the 20th. It's been a year. Uh, this is the birthday he's in bash. chat right now. Spoiler alert. He's dead. No, a year ago, uh, we, we celebrated Chappie's birthday. He's been diagnosed with cancer. Um, we had a gold bash. There's a monument for it. And uh, we wanted to celebrate the fact that he fought cancer and won. So he's still here. He thought it was his last birthday and it wasn't. Uh, we don't necessarily want to do this like every year. That's not the point. But it was designed to like help get it out there and celebrate our conquering of death itself by charging into Dunundin and probably being ripped apart because it's in posture now. Uh, in, in true Capsulaire style, congratulations for sticking it out and, uh, you know, going through the process. And, uh, and what a great result for him to um, just be as healthy as he is now. And yep. hopefully he gets a lot, many more years of that uh, with him and for him and his family. Absolutely. Yeah. I did a longer interview with him that I posted on my uh, YouTubes, but the, I mean, the short of it is, is that like he was inspired by how much support we gave him. And so he wasn't going to fight it. He had, he had resigned himself, you know, for those of you who thought that that was going to be like, Oh, I thought he was going to die soon. Yeah. He was supposed to, his doctor told him he was, and we collectively told him, no, he should fight it. And we will keep his account together and we will, you know, whatever. This has brought him together with his son. This has saved his life. And this has brought our community together even further. And I think that that is something worth celebrating. So come to Tanundin 2300 and get blown up. And then uh, the next day, see me again on uh, CCP stream, I guess. There you go. All right. Congratulations, Chappie. Uh, rooting for you. Okay. Last thing before we go to the Galente stuff, the Avatar dev blog came out today for those that don't know what that is we'll pop that open so you can see it is uh, the animated aura aura and they talk about the process of animating her you can see her artwork there and um, so this is basically going back talking about state machines which uh, actually actually i think i can probably describe those and then uh, talking about how they made aurora and made a new look for her and what it was based on mm -hmm. uh, and uh, i think there's an image here of what she actually looks like now let's go back and look at that video real quick and let's see if we can see this hmm. okay we'll stop it there i had trouble watching this earlier too for some reason it uh I think they're hosting it, not YouTube. So it's uh, it chokes a little bit. Um, but there you go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this happens. This happens all the time because yes, they are hosted. It's a it's a file that's live on their server, and so it, like often it takes a ton of time to load. Unfortunately, right. there's something else I wanted to show you guys, and that was it's in the wrong place. But let me come up here and grab it. This is a YouTube video from E Vegas 2019 where they actually talk about this stuff. I'm going to turn the mute on here and. Uh, it should have been queued, so I think that broke. So here's CCP Burger coming out, but I'll fast forward to the keynote where they actually talk about um, Aura. Listen to a little bit here. 23rd thousand Oh yeah. And I have a little sneak peek on the new system update. We want to make Aura more integrated into the game and into your experience. We want to give her more fee and want to make her feel more alive and more reactive to this. Ah, uh, learn how to use a browser, matter all. Um, 
I guess that was Bing video, it wasn't YouTube video or something that, uh, so I accidentally knocked it off. But you get the idea, that's when she was presented uh, to yep. the audience 2019. We'll give you that link. Yeah, so this so is really that, interesting. Oh, sorry, go on. So that's, if that was released in 29, late 2019, and so it was probably took a certain amount of time to develop. Two years in development this has been in. Oh yeah, longer Around than that. two years. Yeah, in fact, longer than that. Um, so a lot of this, as they even mentioned in the blog, came from the idea that CCP was actually, once they got done with flex structures, originally, or not even before they were done right, with flex structures, but the idea was is that the next thing was going to be landmarks, the ability for us to make you know, our own statues to put up. And kind of at the last minute, CCP pumped the brakes on that and decided to be way more cool if they made the landmarks with the tools, probably because the tools themselves were too hard to like develop in such a way that like would be player centric or maybe it was a change in, in the development or like from a top level or whatever. But either way, the idea of like players building their own statues to the Matani kind of got like laywayed, but that technology of like working with the avatars and rebuilding the avatars and using it for these things. That's why we got things like the Katiasai monument, the Dorium monument, etc. And uh, as you can see here, uh, you know, they've, they've done a lot of stuff with facial mocapping and putting the bones in on these avatars now. Mm -hmm. So that way they can fully animate them. Yeah. So it's one of those things that like takes a lot of work. But the good news is, is that once you get there, like if you do it right, you could literally just throw any any avatar in there and it'll just like all of the uh, all of the animations will just work. Yeah. What you're looking at now the same. Is, a, is a test case for mission uh, agents that will send you on a mission and they're a lot more animated. And your character is animated as well. And the reactions are part of those. Um, oh, what were those things called? The, uh, sorry. On the state the, machine? Yes. Uh, state. Yeah. 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 So they basically the emotions, expressions all tied together to make everything make sense. Um, yeah. But that was the demonstration. By the way, I want to point out what Convict said in the uh, chat there. He was saying, uh, we've seen what you guys do with mobile depots. So they're probably a bit worried. <laughs> Time to penis. Uh, no, so, yeah, you, we mentioned it a couple times, just in case people don't know. Uh, a state machine is a very basic game design concept where basically, like, you know, normal or, like, the most rudimentary AI does one thing, right? Like, a Goomba in, in, in Mario moves from left to right. Or if, they, if you're on to the right, they may move right to left if, in order to head towards you, like, head towards enemy. A good example of what a state machine do, is like is more like, pac-man right so all of the ghosts they all have their default behavior one of them tries to get in front of you one of them tries to get behind you one of them goes kind of randomly whatever but then every once in a while they are given kind of a random state where they don't necessarily chase you but they go randomly so they can swap between those two states without you knowing about it and then there's a third state which is when you get the power pellet and all the ghosts become blue and now they run away from you so Behind the scenes, there's a state machine for each of those ghosts that says there's the pursuit stage, a state, there's the random state, and then there's the flee state. And different conditions can switch it between those states, and that decides its behavior. So in this case, like if you notice, there are sometimes when you're talking on the on the tutorial and you're in combat, Aura looks way meaner and like has red lights. That's a different state than when Aura is being calm and telling you about something, you know, nice. So what this means is that later on, these states could happen dynamically or it could pop up in the middle of a, any fight and know when you're under danger and when you're not under danger and appear differently depending. Yes. Finite state machine. Correct. 
Yeah, sounds interesting. And I think they talked about maybe it relating to your characters uh, um, in some way. So as maybe your character's agitated, then they become calmer or something. But we'll see. Right. Exactly. Once you, the thing about Aura is, is that once all of this technology is proven for Aura, being able to just flip it to your avatar is basically just deciding where they want it to be put into the game. Like in Unity, it literally is just like swapping out the two avatars. It's, it's just that easy. So it depends on uh, how they did it. But I mean, like, obviously they did it with the idea of Bones, State Machine, and like the, the web of connections, which controls things. So who knows where they're going with this, but I'm pretty excited about it. This is what I mean when I've been saying for like the last year, I've been saying that CCP is working on new avatar based gameplay, but not necessarily like talking in stations or walking in stations or anything like that. But like seeing your avatar, seeing other people's avatar, communicating and stuff like that. Th yeah. This is something they've been working on for quite some time. Well, uh, turn me into a VTuber. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could literally like make it so that you, your character's avatar is in the corner and it like mocaps to your face. So that way you don't have your camera, you have your avatar's camera. Here's mocap. That's CCP Loki in there doing the demonstration, uh, which is kind of funny. And CCP Loki, uh, CCP Convict can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe CCP Loki is the reason why we have scope videos. Yeah. You know, it makes sometimes scope videos. people say, oh, why don't we have scope videos anymore? I'm telling you. Those videos occurred only because CCP Loki put in his time to make them happen. So when they all happen like back to back is because he's busting his ass and and we still get them these days. And we actually just got a new trailer Federation Day trailer, which is really cool. Um, yeah. Made by Corin, Corin Mar, Corin Mon. Ring a bell? Corin. Really? Yes. The new the new Federation Day trailer with, uh, with yes, uh, the city. What's her name talking? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So oh, he did he did some great work for them. That's a player, uh, well known and well liked. Uh, did some animation. You also have Rosorian, who's working with CCP now. They have CCP mm -hmm. Swift, so they're picking up and Convict and, um, of course uh, Aurora. So they're picking up some really great players. Uh, CCP is to help them with uh, some of the content management and community stuff. They've been absolutely killing the community management stuff recently. And uh, they've been picking up some new partners, too, just so you're aware. Oh, yeah? Did you get partnership? Yeah, this, this week, Nth Dimensional and myself both got Twitch partner. Well, so. congratulations. Yeah. All right. So it can be done. Uh, that, you know, that's uh, we're underplaying it, but congratulations. That's fantastic. Good for you. Not in doubt, though. It was, you definitely produce a ton of content so there's no it's just a matter of time oh yeah yeah well so and this is i mean a little bit uh in the weeds or whatever but just to, like working with talking stations uh my my like talking stations is also partner so none of the stuff that i did for talking stations quote unquote counted so that's why i had to wait do it on my own build up my own you know like history you have to have three months of unbroken uh you know up to a certain point so that's why it took me a little while but you know, to me, it was very important to that. Like, I don't want to, I didn't want an exception to the partnership program. I wanted to be an example of the partnership program. So I waited my time and I uh, appreciate CCP making it so fast once yeah. I was able to apply. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, just you, a certainly passed the, well, you certainly passed the background check too. I <laughs> understand there's some who have not. Mm. Well, 
Also, um, CCP Convector reminds us that Ashy helped out with the Academy, which is a feature yes. that came out recently, and uh, she is a wormholer and player as well. Did a lot of the work on that. Oh my God, this is the first time that's come up without me having to say, go vote for the CSM. What am I yeah. going to do with my life? Listen, before we start on the Galente, uh, CSM election has come to a close. Ashtarothy, you were closer to it than anybody else you did. How many interviews? 36. 36 one-hour interviews in the span of? Uh, three weeks or so. Yeah, incredible. That's a lot of work. Uh, and they were good interviews. Substantive, substantive challenged. Uh, you definitely challenged them. Uh, some of the uh, CCP, or sorry, the CSM uh, candidates. Yeah. Oh, there. It was amazing. Yeah. Like to to be honest, it was just I wanted to show off how how important the CSM was and how interesting and diverse Eve Online was. And I happened to have uh, forty five people volunteering to come and. Uh, discuss that with me. So we talked about all different kinds of things with all different kinds of candidates. I had a lot of people that checked them out and said that it was good just to find out what the hell was going on in Eve, like not even to figure out who to vote for. Um, but I learned a lot. A lot of people had a great time. And I think that this CSM camp, this CSM season was uh, something else. I think there's something really special about this season. I don't know what, there's probably a lot of things this last year that contributed to it. I think Swift said that more people voted this year than last, at least. Yeah, actually. So more people voted last time. There was about 30,000 votes, I believe. Uh, so more people voted this time. And I think it's up in the air. I think there's some really interesting wild cards in there, like our friend here, Rich, you know, who's a wild card. Could possibly yes. get in. A lot of contenders. Waiting for the results uh, terrifies me. It's... I'm... I feel mortal. I feel scared. I, I feel mortal. Vulnerable. <laughs> And judgment because, will fall while we, wait, while we wait for the results i believe uh, we will uh, be doing a how do i say an exit poll prediction in talking in the stations uh either tomorrow or the day after most likely tomorrow yeah what are we going to do with that rich you want to describe that a little bit let me just uh, scroll up one of the members of Talking In Stations, Ren, he loves numbers. He loves statistics. He loves to play with numbers and statistics and also torture <laughs> me with uh, numbers and statistics. Over. <laughs> he, and he most certainly loved to torture me with doubt and fears over how this CSL election is going to go and who might get in and who might not get in. But he has done some analysis of the previous year's votes and he's going to do the same for this year's votes. And he's going to use the numbers from the previous years, the numbers from this year's, and We're gonna speculate have. on who will likely get in, who uh, will likely be eliminated first, and how the votes triggered, well, uh, trigger what, and how they roll down. And he'll also be going briefly, so you, we don't drone on and on, about the S uh, STV voting system, single transfer voting system that... EVE Online uses for their CSM elections. So I believe Ren has already got that prepared and we will be presenting that tomorrow. Yeah. So that is the 535, if anybody's familiar with that website that does a lot of statistical analysis uh, on uh, predictive services, basically. Everything from sports gambling to politics, which is a big deal, presidential elections and everything in the United States. So we're going to try to do something like that with modeling based on last year's uh, results to see what kind of predictions we can come up with, which will be interesting. And uh, so it'll be it'll be a little bit of a, a a predictive session, and then we'll find out Friday who the actual winners are. 
great to go to if you don't want to wait for the results and you want to see the predictions you want to get there early and have an idea of just what is going to go on before the day well, of reckoning yeah can't wait i'm sure you can <laughs> stressful all right uh let's talk about this uh, galente federation day and I- uh Right before that, since we're yeah. talking about stats, there's actually one other news event when it comes to stats, which is before the Galente Federation Day, we had the mining event in which the four Stargates were built. Hmm. And CCB Fozzy posted uh, some new updated numbers about how much was actually processed. The Kaldari mine 1.4 trillion uh, ore. The Mimitar did 800,000 sorry 800 million ore the galente did 250 million ore and the amar oh. did 218 million ore capsuleer con- contributions across all stargates was Phen- phoenix naval operators which is a very oh. popular uh Edencom, isn't it? rp edencom group. yeah mm-hmm. uh less eclarius di tau seti which is a galente role-playing group absolute order the seventh, Aderon Robotics, represent. Nadir Security Consultants, Malevolent Row Industries, represent. Pula Leroy BR, OMFG Solo Corporation, Kecko Ban, and Adeptus Ministrum Ecclesiastes, I think. Hmm. Um, Sounds religious. I would read all of the people uh, who got listed, but I don't, I don't know any of them. And therefore I'm going to just butcher a bunch of names, <laughs> but okay. I will, no, no, I will no, say don't. that number, the number two person is, is mining expert system, which I think is hilarious. Oh, up his name. All right. I, I, we will, uh, we'll find links to those and post them. We don't have time to read them all. Uh, we yeah, just yeah. have a few minutes left, but let's go over this Galente, um, Federation. Uh, let me make sure I'm saying it right. Yeah. It's Federation day for Galente. Here's beautiful artwork with uh, this video. We talked about this and we showed it yesterday, of course. We told you it was made by a uh, player, Corin, um, who did it. And he did a lot of the cityscapes. And the, the writing in this, whoever wrote it, Convict, uh, sensational writing. Like, uh, uh, especially the vent analogy they make or the uh, description of you'll you'll feel the uh, the steam under... You'll, You'll feel the, I don't know what it was. The steel under under the the velvet. The steel under the velvet. Is that what it was? Yep. Steel under the velvet, not uh, steam under the vent? No, it's because the the, the glint is soft on the surface, velvet, but underneath the velvet is steel. Oh, no, forget it. That's, uh, no, 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 no. I thought it was (laughs) the steam under the vent, and I was like, now you're talking my language, right? That's cyberpunk, Uh, but. I I do like how, uh, how. Like Blade Runner, the city looks in um, video. Okay, I gotta hear this because I don't believe you, but I'm gonna listen to it now. Let's hear. Oh, okay. Beneath the velvet. Yeah, I could be wrong. We find the steel beneath the velvet. Oh my God! Just ruined it for me, Ashtarathi. Thank you very much. I thought it was the steam under the vent. I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm here to do: ruin things. <laughs> No, I just, I'm just crazy. <laughs> I, I hear what I want to hear, apparently. Okay. Yeah, but that's, thank you for clearing that up. Now, let's get to Galente Federation Day. Tell us about it and your experience with it. Well, yeah, we talked, I mean, we talked about a lot of the, uh, the actual, uh, we already talked about the Federation Day and what's going on with it. There is the fireworks and the mining event and all that stuff. 
Uh, I have been in faction warfare because uh, during, even though it is Federation Day, and therefore we should all be supporting the Galente and the freedom and and all those who <laughs> who fight for it. Instead, you in character? A, no, I, and I actually, it's it's a good thing that I wanted to be able to talk to uh, to you about this, Rich, because I know that your whole thing is against bots, right? And so there's this bot, there's this bot group that I believe was part of the Amar, uh, Amar Mimitar militia war zone side, but has recently shifted over to the Gal Cal side. So there's these coercer bots that are going throughout the militia uh, war zone and they're just burning any system that people aren't in. So all of these systems got pushed up that normally wouldn't get pushed up because there's nobody really doing it. And we're patrolling in order to try to take out anybody who do, but we can't be everywhere at once. And they've been knocking out our systems out from under us that they know damn well that they couldn't take if it wasn't for these bot armies. So uh, the Federation, you know, I've actually returned to the war zone. I've had over 80 kills in four days, four or five days, uh, made like a bill and a half an LP and just having a bl- grand old time trying to sit hashtag save the South from the combined forces of the squid <laughs> army and the Amar bot lords. It's freaking annoying, but you know what? We're going to hold. That's uh, I have heard of that going on. Yeah, I've heard about it ever since uh, people talked about how for quite a while warp core stabilizers were allowed inside plexes, which made it nearly impossible to deal with. Now this, it's still going on, and it's in faction warfare of all places. Ugh. Yeah, so it's, uh, they're all, for the most part, so far, they've all been Amar, although now I feel like we might be pushing things back because I have, I've caught a couple of, of Mimitar faction warfare pilots in, in the war zone recently, that, like obvious bots, so we may have to shift our focus and bring in some neutrals to be able to gank them too, because I ain't gonna, I ain't pushing systems with bots, I'll put it that way. Um, there's these coercers that are coming in, and they go to mediums and smalls and they just basically warp to the small. And if they see anybody there, then they warp off and log out again. But if they don't, or they go to a different system, then they'll just go inside and just run the plex. And so you have to be there all the time and you constantly have to hunt them down. We found new ways of trapping them. Somebody had a, a, a Tyrannus with 36 kill marks on it because Ooh. they've been hunting these guys down. Uh, if you want to help out, you can always go to Yvonne um, and check out the Charmeron gate and kill all the coursers to come through. Get some extra kill mails or join the fight. You can join Aderon Robotics and come and help the Galente secure the South or join the squids and fight me. One of the two. I hope this issue is resolved sooner. It's, it's an issue that I've seen. They've even come to Amamake of all places. They quickly get destroyed, but they just keep on coming. They don't stop. Hmm. How do you spell Yvonne Oh, I, I guess I should have. Yeah, it is Y V A N Y V A N G I E R. They seem to be coming in from that direction towards Hadley's. That's one of the main entry points because otherwise they'd be having to come in through Tama. Really, anywhere th- throughout the war zone, you just keep an eye on these 24th Imperial. Make sure to catch them, kill them, and report them. You can report a bot. Uh, it's, it's not obvious. Like if you right click on a person, you can only report isk scammer. I'm not going to do it to this guy because he's not a bot, obviously. But if you go to the cheeseburger menu at the top left of the character sheet, you can report bots straight out of that. So if you see 24th Imperial Crusade in a in a coercer, catch him, kill him, report him. Let's see if we can have a look and on where that is. The problem is, is that like often the bot is the tip of the iceberg. So like mm. underneath the bot, there's the person running the bot. And then there's, you know, usually you know, a network connected to that. There's other bots involved. 
there are, you know, and it usually like funds funnels some sort of like RMT network, right? So then there's the other side of the transactions too. So this is an ugly situation. So it's not one of those things that they can just ban the bots and be done with it. Those bots can just refresh and it doesn't help actually stop the real problem. They have to stop the real problem and that takes time. So in the meantime, we need to catch and kill some bots and save the South. Yeah, this isn't some backyard operation out of somebody's apartment. Okay, technically, uh, usually it does operate out of somebody's apartment, but these aren't these aren't uh, some backwards uh, hacked up operations. These are people who usually know what they're doing. They know how to set it up, and they've built up sophisticated networks to do these things. So it very much is a tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more to it than meets the eye. Hmm. I. I also want to clarify, 24th Imperial Crusade is the default Amar militia group. So if you want to join the militia but don't have a corp, that's what you join. Um, they had an NPC corp, but I think they moved out of it. I don't 100% know why. They have also adjusted their time zones to not be when we are going. So late evening, like late US time zone, like overnight around downtime time period is when they get a lot of work done, which double sucks because Plex's refresh when downtime happens so that right after downtime Plex are not licenses in this case right yes These we're talking about plexes yes yes you can run plexes in nullsec or you can run plexes in fa- faction warfare in order to make your plex to plex your account and plex we is use an, the same word for everything oh plex is an old name plex was there first for complex right mm-hmm. and then ccp named the pilot license plex and confused everything. Sure, we'll go with that. Except for except for the thing that we mostly fight over are called outposts or installations. So I'm not actually sure why we call them complexes, to be honest. Well, listen, uh, as long as we're here, let's take a look. That is Pure pretty interesting. Sellers? We'll try to figure that out, do a financial show proper, talk about what's going on. I I do want to clarify that the Galente Federation Day does not have any combat sites. Um, I don't know if Liberation Day will have something different, but traditionally these... Um, you know, empire Check. anniversary holidays don't have like big sites like the EOM sites or anything like that. It's more the parade and, you know, uh, login events. They're, they're minor events in comparison. All right, folks, I uh, figured out why my mic died when I showed the actual game and that is uh, going to be fixed in the next, ah. next time I do it. Yeah. But the, basically all I said was that the Plex prices have uh, dipped a little. Recovered. Yeah, uh, sorry, recovered after dipping. And uh, they went from 2.3 basically to 2.5 million per, and they seem to be trending up. And we'll do a proper financial show and, and look at this stuff in more detail. For those that don't know, a uh, little program note I've been rebuilding my setup so that uh, I can do the show with multiple computers so that I don't overheat any one machine because I run too many things. Uh, so it's taking some time to get that all. Plus, I rearranged some studio stuff. And as you can see, we have a different look and we'll have different, we'll be able to function differently by inviting last minute guests, by inviting, by looking up last minute details, that sort of stuff. And we're all doing it on Macintosh where things don't break all the time. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Next, uh, Ashrathi, anything else on this Federation? I'm sure there's tons, Well, but you know, we don't have time for everything. When it comes to this faction warfare stuff, I just want to show people like I'm showing off my kills right now. Uh, I have pages. Like I said, I have about 80 kills, including one of my favorites last night was as we were wandering through Hay- uh, Fleet towards Devon again, 
somebody spotted a rattlesnake that was at negative nine. Uh, I didn't get, I'm not on the, I, I didn't get the kill, but um, I'm on the kill mail. We, we grabbed, grabbed it on the gate, bumped it off, killed it, and then recruited him. So he's now a proud member of Adoron Robotics and we're straightening him up. Literally like that's cl- how clubbing somebody over the head and dragging him back to your cave is what that seems like. <laughs> hey man, you look Whatever like you works. might not know what you're doing. Do you need some help? <laughs> Well, this can go one of two ways. It can go very productively, where he honors the honorable fight and serves you dearly, or, God forbid, he takes your rattlesnake one day. Oh, so far, I mean, well, it's very possible that, you know, this could be a betrayal, but uh, uh, he, he's been having a great time. We've, we've gotten him taken care of and, and gotten him into some fights and out there and plexing and stuff like that, too. So he found what he wanted. It just cost him a rattlesnake. He got my attention. Well, entry oh, fee, right? Yeah. <laughs> he inspired you know, those you've beaten. Even before he recruited me, though, he, he messaged me. He's like, I couldn't have been killed by a, by a guy I liked more. I was like, all right, well, oh, there you go. That's nice. Look at that. Uh, I also got oh, a really, really good picture on my Twitter from it. Let me see if I can send it to you or show it to you. Go um, sit in chat if you can. Yeah, I will. Let me get that real quick. I just realized because uh, as we were killing him, <laughs> Uh, I got a screenshot of him being potted. All right. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and drop that into chat and also put it in show notes. There we go. I, I can bring that up. Hang on a second. That's you can see rat. my curse yeah. and you can see the, you can see the wreck behind it. And then there's a, a stereo below me. And then right in the back, you can see that green little puff. Mm-hmm. That's his pod. That's Pods pop with a, with, with a little green puff. I forget how sexy the curse is. Is that a curse? That is a curse with four kill marks that did not survive the night. Oh, you lost it? That curse lost, yeah. Oh, it's okay. Dude, I've been fighting a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Losing is winning. And it means I think active. I flew around in that thing for about eight hours before it finally caught it and took it down. I have to say, that's very well timed. That picture is worth a thousand words with that tiny little puff of cloud. Yeah, I love it. I, I love that uh, image. Yeah, I'll see if we can zoom in on that uh, a little bit better. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> the latest recruit. Uh, thanks, Ash. So Federation Day goes on until when? Uh, end of the weekend. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, there's, yeah, there's the uh, mining sites and all that stuff, the login events, all that stuff is, uh, I think, through the end of the weekend, probably through Monday. Then that propaganda uh, contribution is until the 27th is the cutoff date for the propaganda contest, if you're interested in that. Yeah, we have one last story, a little surprise here at the end. Uh, Rich, you wanted to talk about... Some drama, I think it was. Uh, yes, I'm not one for drama usually. Hugely. I don't know if I well, believe that. But, uh... Well, this okay. was alerted to me by a. I mean, he does the whole a orator. Friend, a fellow a warrior, a fellow combatant that uh, I was uh, privy to hear about. There was a new Eden Capsuleers writing contest run by the roleplay community a few months ago. Uh, Arcia mentioned it, and a few others have mentioned it too. And though I neglected to have made an entry due to real-life commitments, a friend of mine did. And recently they announced their winners. Unfortunately, that's been played with a little bit of drama that the third-place winner had plagiarized the majority of their entry from, well, an existing song, an existing lyrics. Copied lyrics? well, they they copy the entire thing off the... If you take a look on the thread, they've copied pretty much... Well, out of all of the lines in the poem, in the song, 
the majority of them are copied out of, are straight out of somebody else's song. Plagiarism at its finest, and it's controversial because this entry won third place. Apparently their prize money has been denied to them, but they refused to strip them of their third place winning, and people are accusing of collusion between the host uh, being friends with the person making the entry. It's rather ugly ending to what seemed like a creative and fun contest. How Eve? Who is that? Whose contest was that? This would be the New Eden Capsuleers writing contest, hosted by Luna Reese Aspenstar. Interesting. Well, I do know that there have been a lot of these kind of creativity contests going on, like CCPs. Uh, actually, Miss Marisha, who's another relatively new EVE Online streamer who's uh, really good, is doing... Or no, she's not actually one of the relatively new streamers, but she is part of the Blue Potion group, which are kind of has a lot of newer streamers. But either way, she is she is running a New Eden creativity co- challenge as well. Uh, more information in her uh, Discord or check out her stream. But it is uh, submission is until the twenty third, so that's a lot shorter. But she has, I believe, a year, yeah grand prize is one year subscription to Eve Online. Wow, nice. Um, with Secondary rewards of up, we have, they have 4 billion or more of prizes beyond that donated by people, including Wave, Sergeant, uh, 1091, Geoclips, myself, Saki and Eve, Gory Xander did 120 Plex, Joe Bain did a fully fit Astero, and uh, Large Quave Zero is also donating stuff. So a bunch of prizes to anybody who wants to do any sort of creativity stuff with Miss Marisha or check out the Blue Potion guys. They do their, uh, uh, they do a thing called Benny Hill Fleet, which is basically just like Crazy Yeet Fleet Friday, uh, every Friday, and it's worth checking out. Benny Hill Fleet, hilarious. Yep. Hey, man these 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 new bro streamers or these newer this newer generation of streamers that yeah. have been just kind of showing up now. It's like there's something else, man. They are they can prepare in right? it to win it. Yeah. Doing 24 hour streams, 48 hour streams. Freaking Three Foot Ninja just did a 48 48 hour stream, and uh, Lord Kalakawai is doing a 72 hour or 48 hour stream this weekend. So just tons of great content on stream. I am super impressed with the, uh, the streamers, the new streamers that are here uh, playing EVE online and just how good they are. They're just next level uh, with the, you know, how, how they facilitate the game and the commentary at the same time. They're just, they, they seem like they're coming trained. Well, they don't, they don't know how hard it's all supposed to be. So, you know, like, <laughs> They get in there, they get the answers that they want, they find something exciting, and they dig into it. We had a guy who joined the game and streamed for 24 hours after that, just because, like, it's a really good place. Like, streaming's really good for new players, too, because people see what they're doing and will give them advice in ways that a new bro won't even ask, right? These, these people will make mistakes that new bros make that, like, nobody would even think about making, like, just warping through some weird... I, I've seen somebody like search for a system in order to pull it up so that way they can try to jump through it instead of using their overview, right? Like you don't know that they're doing that. You just know that it's taking them forever to warp. But if you watch their stream, you can catch them and be like, hey, here you go. And these guys, you know, as long as you're polite about it, a lot of these newer newer streamers are incredibly interested to find out more information. So, you know, within days, they're yeeting into Nullsec, they're chasing after ESSs, they're smashing into 1DQ, they're doing exploration they're running resource wars they're in faction warfare we had uh lord cal i gave lord cal one of the my whole new tristans and he killed doc spod twice then <laughs> then doc spod did a rematch and and you know picked on the new bro for a few rounds yeah. but it's just getting you know, warm 
Let, let me let me throw this question to uh, Astrothy then Rich, and this is from uh, somebody who just posted in here called Marmalade. He says, "Quick question. Logged in not long ago. I haven't played in five years. Noticed there was talk about faction warfare. Has it been improved? It was almost dead when I wanted to try." A lot. There's been a lot of pretty significant improvements to faction warfare over the last couple of years, but they've happened individually, and like have never really been enough for people to be like, "And now we care again." What faction warfare has really been missing is having people that legitimately care about war zone control. Because Eve is interesting when you have an objective that you care about, a goal that you care about, that you fight for, and that other people will fight to stop you for. That's what makes things interesting. So to that end, like as soon as we go in and we say, this is the systems that we want to hold, lo and behold, other people want to take it from us. And now we're fighting day in and day out. It's just that simple. But it is true that those changes that got put in, the changes to plex sliding, the changes to the suspect. Now you get a suspect flag if you go in and you're not part of faction warfare. Uh, the Citadel changes. These don't seem like much, but these are huge and the things that we needed to make this functional. So I did faction warfare back in the day in the golden era. I seriously believe that things are actually mechanically way better and way more interesting now than they were even then. And it's just now time getting the player base interested and getting that 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 engine revved up. So uh, we've been seeing small gangs and frigates and, and destroyers and stuff like that roaming around all over the place. The only thing that we're short on is like back in the golden day, you would have those like 30 man roaming packs of cruisers and stuff every night for looking for hunt, you know, like organized groups don't have those yet. But like there is tons and tons and tons of fights all throughout the war zone. I saw a statement on reddit just the other day about like oh look at all these vulnerable systems and no one's flipping them and i'm like pulling out my hair like yeah they're vulnerable because all of these bots are plexing them up and they are still taking him out for a day so we're hunt we're like fighting tooth and nail to pull all these systems out of vulnerable they're still getting spiked up and flipped and now we're down to i think two systems that are in contention we're trying to hold the line and then push back yeah so there's a lot going on all right rich do you have any thoughts on that before we go I'm afraid I wasn't playing five years ago. I'm not aware of faction warfare and how it was in the past. However, I am aware that Losec is still somewhat active. There's been some small quality of life changes, but I'm afraid nothing major from what I've seen. Right. It seems uh, to be on the list, the, though, right? Like Yes. A lot of the Losec systems are still very active for PvP. Tama is always active, and so is the Tama Sujarento uh, circuit. Uh, Amamake still has some high-skill uh, high PvP residents who fight the Faction Warfare players and Faction Warfare players who fight each other and, and also those Amamake residents. But uh, is Losec or Faction Warfare active? It still has people. I think it's on the list of you know, uh, CCP developments. Uh, CCP development path, it's on the list of things they want to do. They've said that but yeah, uh, there's also, if you've been gone five years, you don't know the other faction warfare that went on uh, between Aliens and, uh, <laughs> you know, Edencom, which is basically all the empires combined. So the faction war has really mutated into that gameplay. So you should look into that, look at some of the history, look at what it did to the map and, and how that worked out. Okay, so I just want to do one more thing. I want to go ahead and speak, and now you can hear me when I'm showing the game. And uh, what we're looking at here is uh, just, I think, the last 100 days of large-scale injectors. 
And this is funny because they continue to drop and normally these are pegged to Plex. So Plex bouncing back, injectors, not so much. Here's Plex and here are large injectors. That is weird. So I expect those injectors are going to be moving back up because they're kind of pegged to Plex and you can see that's starting to go back up now. Good time to buy injectors. Yes, it is. Commodities that are based off of Plex often lag slightly behind Plex. So yes, we would expect skill injectors to follow the trend of Plex and continue to rise until, of course, Plex changes. But yeah, usually the commodities that are based on Plex lag a little bit behind the Plex value itself. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I want to thank Rich Richman and Ashtarathi for hanging out with us. Any last words? I will throw out there, he said that he mentioned Tama and Amanaki, Amanaki and all that stuff. Right now, if you go to Dotland, Devon is the fifth most dangerous low-sec system with Amanaki having 53 kills and Devon having 30. So just saying, we're fighting out there. All right, guys. Uh, thanks very much for hanging out with us today. Uh, we will see you next time on As Tomorrow. We look at the election, try to make some predictions. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Poshvin. And then on Friday, CCP TV, don't know what time it will be, but usually about 1800 will be the results uh, presented by CCP Swift and the community team. So look out for that. But uh, join us tomorrow on Talking In Stations.